I want you to know something about the scripture. We are saved by grace through faith, and we are kept by grace through faith. Okay? We are saved by grace through faith, and we are kept by grace through faith. You are not saved by grace through faith and kept by your unfailing, never screwing up obedience and always doing everything right. But I need to insert a big but inside of this. You are saved by grace through faith. You are kept by grace through faith. But in view of mercy, what does God call us to do? Die every day. Lay down our lives. This is why it is so wrong-headed for, for Christians to say, ah, I'm saved by grace, therefore I can be a Christian and still be this kind of sinner. Nonsense. Nonsense. You've missed the mercy component of this. We are saved by grace through faith, and we are kept by grace through faith. So verse 6, he says, but if it is by grace, it is no longer on the basis of works. God has a remnant that is loved, not because they were good, but because they just kept trusting him. They kept relying on him. That's your call as well. You are simply called to trust him. It is no longer on the basis of works. Otherwise, grace is no longer grace. Verse 7. What then? What Israel is seeking, it has not obtained. But those who were chosen obtained it, and the rest were hardened. Those who, by faith, didn't bow a knee to anyone else. Do you see the connections? All of it is right in line with what is saying. Now, I want to prove this to you by taking you back to Romans chapter 9. Romans 9, verses 30 and 32. Look what the Apostle Paul says here. This was uh, two chapters ago, but Romans 9, 30 uh, through 32. What, what shall we say then? This is Paul's great question to what is happening in the world today. He points this out. He says, the Gentiles who did not pursue righteousness attained righteousness, even the righteousness which is by faith. What's their righteousness attained by? Faith. Paul said it. Don't worry, it's, it's not wrong. Paul said it. Attained righteousness, even the righteousness which is by faith. Verse 31. But Israel, pursuing a law of righteousness, did not arrive at that law. What were they pursuing? A law of righteousness, they were pursuing works. They were trying to earn their keep before God. Verse 32, why? Why did they not arrive at that righteousness? Because they did not pursue it by faith, but as though it were by works. They stumbled over the stumbling stone, just as it is written, Behold, I lay on Zion a stone of stumbling and a rock of offense, and he who believes in him will not be disappointed. He who what? believes in him, will not be disappointed. You can't take these words out. They're very clearly all over this text. So here's where I'm going with this. Here's what I want you to, to see. Do you notice that Paul does not denounce pursuit in Romans 9, 30 through 32? He does not denounce pursuit. He denounces pursuing something by something. Pursue righteousness by faith. You should. You should, but you should not pursue righteousness by your own works. Why? Because you won't arrive at it just like anybody else won't arrive at it. Do you understand? How many of you know deeply in your heart you cannot be good enough to make God love you? You can't opt out of this question here. 
<laughs> if you're a Christian, you can't opt out of saying, I'm in, I understand that, I'm, I'm on board. You cannot earn your way to God. But God does not say, do not pursue him by faith. He says you are not to pursue him by works, pursue him by earning your own righteousness because if Israel didn't attain it, why would the nations attain it that way? It doesn't make any sense. But Paul never denounces pursuing God by faith. This is why 1 Corinthians 9.24 and 2 Timothy 4.7 and all of the book of Hebrews basically tell us to run the race, to finish the race, to fight the good fight, to endure to the end, to hold fast, to stand, be stand firm, or to, to stand firm. Why? Why? Because we are to pursue by faith. Every instance in the scripture when it says stand firm, hold fast, fight the good fight, fight it's not talking about your work. It's talking about you trusting in what he has done. It's talking about you keep focusing that he made you righteous. Now, this is going to be important for some of you because there are many people who are self-righteous and they don't realize they're self-righteous. So, so hear me out. When it comes to screwing up, how many of you screwed up? So Dave's lying right now by not raising his hand, Okay. So raise it now. Okay, so, so check it out. Check it out. We've all sinned and fall short of the glory of God. We've also done this in the past 24 hours. We, we fall short on a regular basis. Here's the deal. The self-righteous person, when they screw up, says this. The self-righteous person screws up and says, uh-oh, dad's going to kill me. Do you want to know why? Because the self-righteous person is resting on their righteousness. I just screwed up. Uh-oh, God's going to kill me. The person who pursues righteousness by faith, when they screw up, says, I desperately need to talk to my father. I desperately need to talk to my father. You see, Adam ran from God. That was not the right thing to do. God was still merciful in that. But he was self-righteous. He looked at it and went, I made a colossal mistake. But the righteousness which is attained by faith makes a mistake and says, my God said that he will forgive me, that he is faithful and just to forgive me of all unrighteousness. So I'm going to run to my father. I screwed up, dad, help. Do you know that? If you don't know that, you have not lived in freedom yet. You have not lived in the peace that the scripture communicates. You are saved by grace through faith, not kept by your works. You are saved by grace through faith and kept by grace through faith. You trust him. He's merciful, church. He's merciful. But the self-righteous person freaks out and thinks they, they've messed up beyond repair. God is keeping you. He loves you. But what does he want of you? To keep coming back to him. Run to him. Put your complete trust in him. How many of you struggle with that? Be honest with me. You screw up and you go, uh-oh, he's mad at me. How many of you struggled with this for years in your life? You're like, for years I felt like God was just sitting there waiting to shock me with a lightning bolt, right? Yeah, that's, that's what we think. But when we understand in context the story of Scripture, what we know is that we're saved by the mercy, the relentless, unending, unyielding mercy of God. We're saved by that mercy. And our response, trust it. Trust it. Now, there's somebody in the room. There's some in the room. I'm one of them. Actually, that's why I'm, I'm proposing the hypothetical question that say, hold on, Nathan, but what about holiness? 
God calls us to holiness. He actually makes a bunch of commands. Yes. And in view of mercy, you are to obey him. In view of mercy, you are called to follow him. Because here's what's true, church. The Bible talks about God being a father. And the Bible talks about God being a friend. And the Bible talks about God being God. But the Bible also talks about God being a master. Don't erase it from your mind. God confronted Israel in Jeremiah chapter 2, verse 31. And he said this, he says, Why do my people say, we're free to roam? You're not free to roam. Could you imagine if your wife looked at you husbands and said, um, I know I said I do, but aren't I free to roam? Um, um, sit down, woman, right? That's, and then she'd smack me and we, whatever. But the idea is, no, you're not free to roam. That's what the covenant is about. You showed me love. You showed me mercy. You showed me grace. And in view of that, I want to do what you say. Just in case you need a New Testament equivalent to Jeremiah chapter 2, 1 Corinthians 6.20 is very clear to Christians. You are not your own. You are bought at a price. Therefore, honor God with what? Your body. Your, your existence. Your life. What is there to say about holiness? It is still something to be pursued by faith. It is not something to be pursued by trying to make God cajole him into loving you. He does. If you have accepted his son, you're in, baby. 